this is a story that, you know, has been going on for a little while now. Uh, the stars, uh, the Toronto Star is in efforts to make physician identified payment data public. They started this back in 2014 with a freedom of information requesting Ontario's health ministry. And they asked for the names, medical specialties and payment totals of the 100 top billing doctors for five most recent years available. Uh, the province said, well, you know what, uh, we'll provide some information about medical specialties and payments, but no names because they uh, decided to, you know, that was an unjustified invasion of privacy. Now, the Star has released it, an article today, and it's about the uh, a Facebook page that was started by some doctors that are, you know, the gist of the story is that these doctors may want to get out in front of this story and release the information on their own. We're, we're joined by Dr. Sean Watley, president of the OMA, to, to find out exactly what the doctors are thinking right now. Thanks so much for joining us, doctor. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Kelly. So I would understand why doctors would want to get out in front of this story, because you have to put the billings into uh, context. You know, when people see how much a physician makes, they might think, wow, I didn't realize they were pulling in that much money. When the reality is they actually have some substantial overhead um, to cover before they take home any of that money. Absolutely, Kelly. So as you know, Ontario doctors are committed to transparency and accountability, but simply publishing a list of raw data about individual OHIP billings doesn't accomplish either of those things. We need to take into context how many staff people have hired for their office, what sort of equipment are we purchasing, what about our leases and the rest, because these are small medical businesses that are doing billings for the patients that they see. We're providing patient care, and I think we need to make this conversation about how will this impact patient care. Now, uh, there's been a little, some suspicion that the government is trying to slightly, uh, you know, paint doctors in a negative way because y- you still haven't had a deal for three years. Yeah, three and a half years without a deal. We've gone through some of the darkest days in Medicare, multiple rounds of unilateral cuts. Having said all that, mm-hmm. uh, we are, are cautiously um, rebuilding a working relationship with government. We just got binding arbitration framework in June of this year. We're looking forward to entering proper negotiations in September. So we're hopeful, but we're cautious. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of rebuilding work to get done. So this article in the Star, it's pretty lengthy. I'm sure you've read it, but is it? Am I correct in, in, to assume here that in June you had a ruling against the doctors, as far as the courts are concerned, with releasing that information? That's correct. There was a there was a ruling against us, and then currently this issue is still before the courts. We're pursuing a leave to appeal, and and the reason we did that is we we think that this needs to be done in a more thoughtful manner. We need to look at the impact that this will have on patient care. So, for example, it's very hard for me to attract a specialist to a smaller community when that specialist is going to be the only person providing care for my sickest patients in our area. That means that specialist is going to be on call every day, every night, every weekend, all month. The rest of us, we take call once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. So this person will have to work around the clock for our sickest patients, and then they risk having their name plastered on the local newspaper because they worked so hard. So we need to think this through. We're committed to transparency, committed to accountability, but we need to do it within the context of what exactly is going on.
On, on your Facebook page where the doctors have been, you know, having a little dialogue back and forth for a while, there's a, a Dr. Basir Khan who says that, you know, full disclosure, I'm one of those individuals that are one of the top earners. And I've spoken to a number of individuals in and out of our profession. And I'm the, of the strong opinion that the appeal from the OMA will probably be turned down uh, so that their names are going to be published. He said he's proposing that you voluntarily disclose the billings uh, for those years with... A number of uh, services, visits rendered, tax paid, overhead and expenses, final net income, and you release those to a more balanced paper, they're saying, like the Globe or the Sun, and so that you can actually put these stories in context so that you're not painted in a negative light like that, I think he was an optometrist or ophthalmologist was, that pulled in, you know, $6 million for one year of billing. And that, uh, apparently he had uh, other doctors working underneath him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was paying for. So what do you think of that idea? Is that something that you guys are considering? So again, context is key, and we, we, you know, we welcome the conversation. It's not just us that would be able to... Re- we don't even have the data, mm-hmm. so it's actually the government that has the data. So it would require a larger conversation. And, and the fact that doctors are worried about this and have been discussing it on social media and in doctors' lounges and you know at barbecues, I mean, this is a very big issue, and we are worried about how this will impact patient care. And so if we can get at something that... that involves context and actually gives the public an accurate picture of what's going on. Again, we support transparency and accountability, but we don't support the way this has been going forward so far. So when you talk about how it will affect public, uh, the, the public care, you're talking about those doctors that you need, the specialists that you need in an area that are going to be so specialized that there's not a lot of them, and their billings are just going to be uh, by common sense, higher than most. And so they then would be painted in a in negative light as far as look at how much this doctor's taking from us. Well, that's part of the issue, but I'll give you a specific a specific case. So when I'm on call in the emergency department at 3 o'clock in the morning, there are certain specialists that I need to come and attend to my super sick patients within about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That means if they're the only person in the community that provides a particular surgical service, they need to be available every single night of the week. So if they know that they've been already working you know, two and three times as hard as their colleagues, and now I'm calling them at 3 o'clock in the morning, they're more likely to say, you know what, Sean, I'm exhausted. Can you please just helicopter this patient down to Toronto or can mm-hmm. you send them somewhere else? I don't think that sends the right message to our doctors. We want to say Ontario is an attractive place to work. Please come and work here. We want you to work as hard as possible for our sick, sick patients because our patients deserve it and we want to do the best we can for our patients. This whole story and the whole way it's going is not sending that message and I really worry. I can't see how it won't negatively impact the care we're trying to provide for patients. If the privacy is breached and we know who the top billers are? Well, again, why are they only going after the top 100 billers? Mm-hmm. And, and why is it without context? And, and so, again, this requires a conversation. And I appreciate you addressing it on your show because this is part of the context that needs to happen. Simply doing a freedom of information request and then plastering it out there is, is, is unthoughtful. And I'm worried about how this will um, discourage these docs who I need to work harder uh, from working harder. They're going to say, you know, maybe I should spend more time with my 
family like I've been wanting to do for the last 10 years. That's not the message we want to send to people when we're attracting people from other provinces and other countries to come work in Ontario. I'm amazed at, you know, how social media can uh, get a message out there that, you know, so many of us, we go in and we see our doctors, we tell them what's wrong with us, and they, they try and help us out and solve a problem. Uh, but we don't know how, and we know that you're paid well, but we don't know about the expenses. And I, I'm not sure if you saw the post, I think it was last week we were talking about it, or maybe even earlier in the week, uh, the post that one of your, I think it was an anesthesiologist, put out about um, exactly um, what a doctor can, can and cannot take as far as you don't get paid vacation, you don't get paid sick days, you don't get mat leave, you cannot set your rates. You have to pay so much for your education and ha- and really put into context how expensive it is to be a doctor and how risky it is um, yeah. when we start to vilify our doctors that it make or to put them in a higher tax bracket. It, it makes going south of the border far more attractive to you guys. Do you feel like this is that you are you and other doctors right now are uh, victims of a witch hunt? Well, you have uh, certainly captured the issue of costs and risks and people going into debt, $250,000 just to get their education. And then they have to, I, I was talking to a radiologist last week who had to go in debt over a million dollars to purchase equipment just to set up their business after their training. So we're talking huge, huge dollars that people are having to take a risk on. And then, um, number one, they're getting vilified by people wanting to just plaster raw data in without context. And on the other hand, they're getting unilaterally cut by the provincial government, which we hope has come to an end now. And now the federal government is attacking us with these uh, federal tax changes. So, and, and it's not just docs, by the way. It's all small, small businesses. Yeah. That's right. This is major. It's going gonna, it's gonna to impact health care and the Canadian economy. Well, listen, doctor, I uh, wish you the best of luck. And uh, it seems like it's a it's one of those you got to keep your fingers crossed scenario. Tomorrow's uh, going to be a better day. Thanks. Kelly. <laughs> all right. I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. You too. Bye now.